Ladies and gentlemen, how are we doing? This is Churn Dog Millie with episode three. It's probably a lot of guys listening, but if we have any females out there, hello. Glad to have you guys back. Today, like I said, we're dropping episode three. Uh, I've been ne- neglecting some specific sports, been mainly talking about football, more so the NFL draft. So today we'll be talking a little bit more NBA. Uh, we'll touch on some football at the end, but uh majority of this podcast will be NBA talk. Um, first thing I kind of wanted to touch on, bothered me a little bit, was the Jokic situation that took place yesterday with the Suns owner. For you, for those of you that don't know the situation, basically, ball goes out of bounds, some random fan grabs the ball, the Joker goes to grab the ball, and the guy just holds on to the ball like a little linebacker or a little fullback, just not giving Joker the ball back. Joker grabs the ball, still holding on to it. He looks at him like, what the heck? Gives him a little shove. The owner of the Suns, probably the best flop I've seen all year, flies into his chair. We got people all over Twitter, Instagram saying, this guy needs to be suspended for the whole playoffs, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude. Why are you, as the Suns owner, making yourself a part of this game? Like, go on your yacht, go buy your Bitcoin, and just get out of the way, man. Something really irritated me watching. Not an entire big deal. Nothing's going to happen with uh, the Joker. So, like I said, doesn't really have much weight to this situation. But, like, dude, quit being a dork. Get out of the game. Want to jump right into the games going on tonight. We got Knicks and Heat, uh, 2-1 series, Heat lead that. Uh, I like the Heat at home, and I like them to cover. Spreads at minus 4.5. Jimmy Butler's playing out of his mind, and I think that's enough for them to win this game. Wish he kind of acted like that when he was on the Bulls. Um, But I just really feel like that guy is just in baller mode, probably going to drop 40 tonight. I promise you I haven't looked at the game yet, but it did tip off at 7 o'clock, so... We'll see where where we're at there after the pod. Uh, Next, we got Golden State Warriors versus L.A. Um, Before we even get into tonight's matchup, I wanted to touch on the Jordan Poole shot. For those of you that didn't see game one, Warriors were down, I believe, two. Jordan Poole gets a pass from Jamont Green with about 10 seconds left, wide open. But he's about 28 feet away from the basket. I mean, this shot was deep. Steph Curry range. Now, Steph Curry was double teamed on the play. So I understand why he didn't get the ball. But there was about 10 seconds left, right? And what some people are thinking is, hey, that was the best look they're going to get with 10 seconds left. But what I'm going to say is, no. Uh, You have Steph Curry on your team. You have Klay Thompson on your team. You have Andrew Wiggins on your team. I believe that the Warriors can find a shot in 10 seconds. And honestly, with the shot that Jordan Poole took, I'll take Steph Curry getting double teamed any day of the week or Jordan Poole trying to hit a 30-foot shot with the game on the line. There's certain guys that can take that shot. It's not Jordan Poole. Damian Lillard, maybe James Harden, Steph Curry. I mean, the list's short. Jordan Poole. Don't take that shot, bud. There's just certain guys, like I've already stated, that 
can take those shots, and even if they don't make it, it's okay. So, for example, when I was in high school, I quote-unquote played football. Didn't really get much of the playing part in there, but we had a coach, Coach Graves. Coach Graves, you're listening. Appreciate the listen. Might actually be dead, so who knows. But either way, we had a guy on our team that his name was Stearns. And our coach just straight up said, any of our guys that get the ball, your jukes better be one cut left or one cut right and then up the field. Stearns, he got the exception. He got, he, well, this is actually what he said. Any of you guys get the ball, you better go straight up the field. Stearns, that's the only guy that can go backwards to go forward. Basically, what he was saying was is, Everyone better just do what the books say, what the fundamentals say. But because this guy had so much agility, the coach was okay with him going back a couple yards to create separation and go up the field. Same thing with Steph Curry. Jordan Poole, stay in your lane, bud. It's not you. You don't get that one exception. So in this game, it's been, it's been super weird because the Lakers took the first game in a close battle. I think that it was... It was actually the game that I was re- referring to with the Jordan Poole shot. I think is one seventeen to one twelve. Then in game two, Golden State wins in a blowout. Game three, Lakers win in a blowout. So tonight, I'm taking Golden State in a close game, and I actually take Golden State to win the series in seven. For me personally, there's just something about having experience in the playoffs. In regards to like Draymond, Clay, Steph all playing together, like you've had the same core, you know, along with the coach. And I understand LeBron has had a lot of experience out there, like 20 seasons. But I just, I don't know if I'm biased with Golden State because of their success in the past, but like even last year they proved that they don't need to be the number one seed. Like there's something with Steph and Clay. like when they get hot shooting, it's like watch out. And when you have both of them on the same page, and a side note, Clay Clay Thompson hasn't really really been playing like Clay Thompson. But even if he drops 20 and Steph's in one of his I'm not gonna miss anything moods, I think it's really hard to get a bent get a bent excuse me, bet against them. And I think if they win this series, I think they're gonna end up winning it all and for sure beat Phoenix or um the Nuggets, whoever wins that series. I don't know what it is, but I just like a team that's been there before. And Golden State has done that plenty of times. So I'm really a big fan of them. Game starts at 9 p.m. Which brings me to my next point. Why are these playoff games starting at 9 p.m.? Like, bro, I got work tomorrow. I understand that, like, it's West Coast. That's what, you know, makes the the most sense for them but like these are nationally televised games if you're on the east coast the game's starting at 10 p.m so you're telling me that if i want to watch this game tomorrow i gotta stay up till midnight till 11 30 oh it goes to overtime now we're looking at 12 30 and i'm gonna say that falls on the commissioner like, why can't these games start at 7.30, 8 o'clock? Like, if it starts at 8 o'clock, it starts at 9 o'clock for the East Coast. The West Coast starts at 7, 
Everyone's home. They already beat the LA traffic. And I'll give Adam Silver credit. He's been super progressive. He's changed the lottery process for tanking teams. He's handled the Donald Sterling situation as well as he could have. And mind you, that was, I believe, his first year in the league. If not his second, but like one of the biggest hurdles he came is he became commissioner. And then they're like, deal with this racist piece of shit. And he did it perfectly. He's like, you got to get out. He added the play-in tournament, which I honestly am starting to be become a bigger fan of the play-in tournament. Um, in years past, I think that it was very clear that there was only a couple good teams, and usually your one or two seeds were the only teams to actually make a run for the title. Like a handful of years ago, it was LeBron's team in the East and whoever had the best record in the West, so it was either like the Spurs – or Golden State, and like for four or five years, it was the same couple teams filtering in the in the uh, Western Conference Finals and Eastern Conference Finals, and more so in the NBA Championship. And now the playing tournament's becoming a lot more relevant, and especially this year, um, Miami Heat actually showed that the tournament actually means something. Now I'm a little salty about that because. It bounced my bowl, my bulls out of the playoffs. Bulls were up like 10 with like three or four minutes. And of course they do what Billy Donovan does and that's choke or give the game away or beat themselves. However you want to phrase it. But Miami just upset the number one seed in the, in the East. And for a lot of people, myself, including the favorites to win the East. So... I'm not entirely like I love Adam Silver out of, out of the four main sports. He's by far the best commissioner. So I'm not hating on him. And again, maybe it's out of his power. But why are these games not starting at a reasonable time? It's just something that really bugs me. I hope it actually changes. I don't know if it will. But that's all I have for Golden State in LA. I wanted to touch on Dylan Brooks for a second. So I read something that uh, Dylan Brooks will not be returning to the Grizzlies under any circumstance. I'd love to see it. This guy, this is a guy that had his ego go way above his ability. He acted like he was an all-star. He acted like Memphis were the locks to win the West. You know, he calls LeBron old. You know, he talks about, I don't respect anyone until they drop 40. Well, a couple games after that, they lost by 40. And who's not there to talk? Your boy Dylan Brooks. Guy runs his mouth, runs his mouth. As soon as he gets his ass whooped a little bit, oh, I'm going to go on my shell because I'm a coward. There's certain guys that can get away with this, that can talk. Like guys like Draymond Green, right? Does I'm not going to say he's as bad as Dylan Brooks because I think Dylan Brooks does it for the attention. Um, but guys like Draymond Green that do this, They back it up. Draymond Green has four rings to back it up. And yeah, you're like, oh, that was so long ago. It's like, no, like not many guys win three, four, five championships. So when you look at a role player that's won four rings and at the peak of his career did a lot more for the team than he is now, arguably, it's like those guys get the pass. Dylan Brooks had a couple solid regular seasons and Memphis never really did anything. And it's so it's frustrating to see a guy talk so much 
And then as soon as they get blown out and there's a post-game press conference, this guy's nowhere to be seen. He's your definition of all talk, excuse me, all bark, no bite. Uh, I hear guys like Shaq and a lot of people on Twitter saying, oh, he'll be out of the league or he'll be playing in China. And as much as I hate this guy, there's absolutely no shot he's not in the NBA. And he's going to be picked up this offseason rather quickly. Uh, he averaged 14 points while shooting at 39% with three boards and two and a half, two and a half assists, which aren't crazy numbers. But he's an average, above average defender, so he'll be he'll be signed, no doubt. If Pat Bev can consistently find a contract, so can Dylan Brooks. Pat Bev averaged like five, three, and three. And everyone talks about his defense and, you know, he gets in people's heads like, okay, well, Dylan Brooks is a better version of Pat Bev by far, as much as I hate saying that. Quick little segment that I want to throw in. This is the first Millie podcast segment. Things that don't make sense. Wander Franco, shortstop for the Tampa Bay Rays, gets a routine grounder, gets in his glove. Does some weird spin stuff, throws it in the air, grabs it midair, and throws it to first. Now, it doesn't seem like it's that crazy, but it's just, to me, just (laughs) the most classless thing I've seen in baseball in a while. And it's like one of those things where I think it adds to baseball. I think it gets people to actually talk about baseball since there's really not too much drama in baseball. So I like it for the sport, but it's not something I want my shortstop doing. And yeah, I know it was one time, and Wander Franco, from what I've seen him play, like he's a very humble guy. But I don't care who you are, it just looks stupid. It's like, throw the ball, act like you've been there before. This isn't some all-star game. This isn't high school. This isn't college. Something like for me, if I was a coach, which I'm not, it's like, you're going straight to the bench. And the thing was, he beat the runner by like a step or two when he made the throw. It's like, I hope that if he ever does that again, that the guy's actually safe because it's just like, what are you doing, guy? Focus on the game. Part two, the things that don't make sense. Mike Budenholzer being fired from the Milwaukee Bucks. He started coaching for Atlanta in 2013, and since then, he's had three losing seasons. And two of those were his first year with the franchise. So when he started with Atlanta in 2013, he was, they had a losing record. And then his last year with Atlanta, he had a, he had a super bad record. I think they had like 24 wins. And his first year with Milwaukee, they, again, I think they had like between 24 and 28 wins. But since then, he's won Coach of the Year in 2019 and 2015. And he just won a title for the Bucks in 2021. Why is this man being fired? Like, I just feel that the expectations for success for certain organizations. So let's say certain organizations just have... Terrible season after terrible season after terrible season. 
And then it's like once they get good and there's like a standard to be good, that room for improvement, I guess room for improvement is not even the best term, but the error for success. Like, I understand that Milwaukee was the one seed, but it's like, you're not going to win the ship every year. You're not going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals every year. And again, I know you got bounced by Miami. Jimmy Butler is playing out of his mind. And Jimmy Butler is not a predominant scorer in the NBA. You know, he's certain not, certainly not at the bottom, but I wouldn't think of Jimmy and I would just think of Jimmy Buckets. I would think of a guy that is clutch. I feel like Jimmy Butler, and he did it on the Bulls all the time. He gets in these modes where he's just super consistent, dropping 30 points, 20 points with 10 boards, 8 assists, 3 blocks, playing defense on their best guy. It's like right now he's in, he's on cloud nine, and he's playing out of his mind. So it's like while I understand Milwaukee shouldn't have lost to the Heat, if the Heat go on and I – I believe they're going to beat the Knicks. I mean, I can never hear the Knicks being the Eastern Conference Finals matchup. Like, I just, I don't, I think Milwaukee, or excuse me, I think the Knicks are like one of those cursed teams. It's just like, I think they're going to be terrible forever. And I know they're getting better, but I just think they're terrible. So I think the Heat move past them. And I really do think that they match up well against the Celtics. And I feel like Jimmy Butler can stop Jason Tatum. So if they go on and make this run and they beat all these other solid teams, you just let go of your coach that brought you a title two years ago. This guy gave you 58 wins this year. So you're telling me that it's either championship or bust? I just don't understand it. Um... I just feel that these expectations for these coaches sometimes are just too high. I mean, you get these coaches of the year, they get fired all the time. And I understand that that's just an accolade, right? Like, it doesn't actually have that much objectiveness, right? It's it's more so like, oh, well, they gave this team 60 wins when they were projected at 40, or they took this really bad team and they snuck them into the playoffs. Like, whatever the reason is, it happens all the time. And the Raptors have done it twice. They've done it with um, their old coach, Casey, which the last I know was coaching for the Pistons. And they just did it to Nick Nurse this year. It's like Nick Nurse won you an NBA championship in 2019 and coach of the year in 2020. And again, he's out too. Now, the Nick Nurse situation is a little different because I don't necessarily think that Nick Nurse wanted to be there. But at the same time, if that's not the case, why are these coach, why are these franchises so easily triggered by an unsuccessful season? It just doesn't make any sense to me, and it's, it's kind of sad to watch for like these franchises that were struggling for so long. They brought in a coach that did well. And now they're like, well, you know, you're not doing what you used to do. So see you later, bud. It's like, well, don't be surprised when these franchises suck again. Don't be surprised when the Raptors have a worse record than they did this year with the same ro- roster. 
Don't be surprised if Milwaukee Bucks get bounced in the second round when they've had success for the last four or five years. So that's stuff that doesn't make sense to me. Last little part three of things that don't make sense to me. How in the world is the AFC and NFC quarterback? I know that was a little quick, quick left field little transition there. I got to work on the transitions, but you know I always got to get my NFL football in. AFC quarterbacks, Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. Now, Tua, Watson, and Wilson. Yeah, well, Tua is – I just can't get over the lefty thing. So he played solid last year, but honestly, I don't know if his I – I mean, right now his brain is literally scrambled eggs. It's like if you took four scrambled eggs and you just mixed them and you, like, threw them in the pan. That's what his brain looks like right now. The guy's had, like, four or five concussions. So who knows if he's going to be good. Deshaun Watson looked as fast as my Nana back there. Okay? So I don't know how good Watson's going to play. I don't know how good Wilson's going to say. That's, like, the back half or, like, the lower half of, like, the AFC. Like, you're almost, like, your 7 to 12 range. And they're probably not even that high. They're more of, like, probably 10 to 15. But that first half with Mahomes, Rodgers, Burrow, Allen, and Lamar, it's like, okay, that's pretty solid. Here's your NFC. Now, I just got these lists off a little Instagram picture I saw, so in no way am I, like, ranking these guys as, like, the top 10 of the AFC and, like, top 10 in the NFC. I'm more so just trying to make a point. But in your NFC, you have Jalen Hurts, which is very solid. Dak Prescott. Depends what Dak Prescott you get. Kirk Cousins. I mean, if he's playing at primetime, you might as well just take your high school quarterback over him. Jared Goff, which played a lot better in Detroit, but I'm sorry, it's Jared Goff. Derek Carr. I'm not a fan of Derek Carr. He's like the same level of like Kirk Cousins. Um, like Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Derek Carr, like they're all like kind of the same to me. Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like, yeah, they can look really good at times. And then next week it's like, oh, you must have missed your REM cycle because you do not look good right now. We got Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford, I mean, if he can stay healthy, who who knows? But when he was playing on and off last year, he looked very bad. Kyler Murray. I was, like, really sold on Kyler Murray. But now he's starting – I don't know. I think it's the height thing. He's got a, a good arm, and he's very mobile. But he honestly looks like he's, like, a buck 40, and he gets injured all the time. So not too high on him. Geno Smith, it's like this guy was on the bench for seven years before he actually showed that he's like worth anything. And who knows if he can actually be productive for a second straight season. Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, we all know, same thing. I mean, Giants are terrible, and maybe it's not fair to judge Daniel Jones, but like, at this point of the list on the other t- team, so we're looking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth. Okay, is Daniel Jones on this list? I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth. Is Trevor Lawrence, and right above him is Justin Herbert. Which, if they were on this other side on the NFC, they'd be all the way up the list. 
And the last guy who we have is Justin Fields. Like Justin Fields isn't even good. He was just thrown on this list because I don't even think they know who the other NFC quarterbacks are. Jordan Love, who knows? To all my boys out there, they know how I feel about Jordan Love. But it's like, how did this happen in the NFL where all these AFC teams not only have franchise quarterbacks, but in Mahomes, Rodgers are locks for Hall of Fame. We'll see what Joe Burrow does, Josh Allen. Not saying they're Hall of Famers, but I'm just saying, like, they're superstars at a minimum. Lamar Jackson, I'm not huge on, but he's still better than a lot of these quarterbacks. And it's like you have all this talent on the AFC. Like, you have, like, seven to eight guys that are like, yes, I'll take this guy at quarterback. And then you come over to the NFC. It's like, I don't really want anything to do with any of these guys besides Jalen Hurts. So only reason it makes me kind of I, – I guess what I'm trying to say is like NFC – I mean the Eagles look like they're just going to walk away in the, in the NFC East. Or excuse me. Well, they are going to walk away in the NFC East, but in the NFC. And I know the NFL is weird where like anything can happen. Teams that you don't really think are going to be that good end up winning their division or have 11, 12 wins. Certain quarterbacks start to take a step forward. Um, but this NFC picture is 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 scary bad. And that's kind of concerning to me because I, I want to watch some good games in the NFC. And I know they're still going to happen, but this is not looking good so far. So, you know, I had to throw some football in there. I'll try more to talk about some other sports and other podcasts. I know I've been kind of anti baseball and hockey i'm not necessarily anti those sports but they're a little bit more tough for me to kind of start talking so i will try to throw some more baseball in there definitely some more cubs um i really do get into nhl hockey but um i've been busy shout out to my boy max went to his wedding this week that's why the podcast is coming out a day late I haven't been really watching hockey, not blaming Max, but my weekends have been filled. All my buddies decided to finally get married, so they're just popping off every other weekend with a bachelor party or a wedding. So I will be better about dropping these. Sunday is going to be my goal, but Monday's at a minimum. Um, Again, I had some errors in episode two. And I want to apologize about that because I don't want to come out here with some informal stuff or just talking wrong. But I was super hungover when I made podcasts too. And I listened back to it and I was like, well, I just said a lot of wrong things. But progress. And I'm trying. I'm getting better. Still trying to get on Spotify. But like always, give me your thoughts Give me your opinions. I do appreciate people that have reached out to me and shared their opinions of what they liked or what they agreed with because that makes me more motivated to make more of these. Um, there's one more thing I was going to say, but I don't remember. So that's all I got for you guys. Thanks for listening. Peace.